Today, I'm super excited to chat with a dear friend, Stephen Russell, Aka the Barefoot Doctor. We first met in London about seven years ago at the Mind Body Spirit Festival. And then I invited him to Monaco and France to give some talks and workshops, which were a big success. And fortunately for us, he's returned a few times. He is a Taoist meditation guru and a world acclaimed teacher of the human condition, author of 23 best-selling books and a pioneer for electronic music. And he has dedicated his life to helping people. So welcome to Wellness Spring, dear Barefoot. Could you please tell our listeners about your current project, Ampted, which I believe is mainly aimed at helping young people through difficult emotional times? I'm smiling because you've got such a lovely face. <laughs> it's so nice to see you. Um, just head. The dedicated to way of working with frequencies, uh, sound frequencies. So instead of going to a gong bath, uh, you have it coming through your things, but also working that into dance music and um, using subliminal affirmations. And it's a really unusual way of... The whole thing is in the first person. You, you so like, oh, it's a quiet feeling, blah, blah, blah. So it's all affirmations. After a moment or two, you feel as if it's you talking to yourself. And uh, it did really, really well. I mean, they're expensive. They're $424 a pop, and there's three of them. Sold hundreds of them, and they work. And I'm thinking the next phase is the big one, where I'm at now. We're about to launch a record label called Lip Tracks, where she's launched. And the first release comes out uh, very soon. And then an app is being built as well, uh, where it's for young people, basically. So these three-minute cuts that are you listen to it once it'll do something if you listen to it on repeat for a while it will totally program you so if you're anxious about being perfect or not being perfect got kind of achievement anxiety if you're feeling depressed if you want to kill yourself if you're worried about the end of the world all of that sort of stuff that is there's one that addresses everything motivational ones wants to feel amazing wants to feel sexy wants to feel desirable wants to feel not lonely there's there's uh, 180 of them so far that have been Anyway, so they're going to come out like normal singles still on the open market for young people's seconds, possibly whatever, or on the app, which will be a lot more comprehensive. And that's what I'm working on all the time. It's like this crazy wow. project with loads of people involved, and it's all coming together nicely, though. It's fun. That's the main thing, isn't it? It's got to be fun. Fantastic. And how can people find more about Amped? Uh, well, if you go to any of the, the like uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, or YouTube, it's Amthead, Amthead, A M P E D, yeah, Amthead, and you, you can kind of, uh, but you'll be hearing about it. I think it's going to start making a bit of a noise soon. I'm uh, sure it'll go viral because everything you do goes uh, viral. So, could you please tell the audience a little bit about your background? Because I know you've led a very colourful life. I'm <laughs> still leading, actually. <laughs> yeah, at the age of six, I, I spontaneously heard the on uh, lying on my bed. I heard the, the you know the background radiation wave, the, the sound wave the universe is built on, which is what the on you know when yogis chant on or rhyme or whatever that is to replicate the sound that everything's built on. It's originally built on sound. You know, in Genesis, God spoke, or in the beginning there was the word, you know, and said, "Let there be light." So comes sound, and then that sound came light. And uh, uh, that, and I knew what it was. I mean, it was like this, like a million monks chanting, 
but like really deep because you can't normally hear it. It's 50 octaves below human hearing. And I, I wasn't hallucinating. I knew that. I knew there was no point running downstairs and going, Mom, Mom, just what I Because, <laughs> you know, very good, darling. You should carry on doing whatever she's doing. But I knew what it was. It was like in my child mind, it was, oh, that's God talking. You know, it was normal for me. I, I was always very open to all of that as a baby. And that set, set the thing. It was to do with through sound and other means, obviously, ex- explaining myself, in other words, uh, I will help people connect, reconnect with their source, the source of their being. Everyone of us uh, has that capacity, and that would be my mission, and that's kind of what happened. I, you know, I didn't remember, I didn't walk around as a kid going, right, that's my mission, because you don't, do you? I mean, mm. I forgot, and I, I was a real, real little bugger. I used to fight, crazy fighter, and at school, I was at boarding school, very, very strict Christian boarding school, very strong morals. And I was a maniac, and I had a gang, and I ruled the school. And 11 years old, they were going to expel me for my unruly behavior. But my dad had a friend who just started doing a so-called new martial art called Aikido. And that apparently that would calm me down. Would I like to learn it? I'm thinking, yeah, man, I'd be able to fight more like James Bond, you know, <laughs> and, like shop, shop, and all that stuff. Anyway, I get taken to this, um, so they let me stay at the school if that would work. And I get taken to, in the holidays to this Japanese guy who's in Hardy Street in London, where the doctor's saw. Um, because he was a healer, he'd been brought over from Japan by Lord Cordor, Cordor Castle in Scotland, from you know. So, uh, uh, and he was an amazing character. I didn't know any of this, didn't mean anything to you guys. I wanted to learn to fight better. And, um, uh, anyway, he took me on, and it was an amazing relationship. It was the first time I'd ever really respected an adult properly. Pro- I mean, I'd always had, you know, that kind of polite respect for adults. And it, but it, it started off with him saying, so you rate yourself as a fighter, do punch me in the stomach and it's this little old Japanese guy and I, <laughs> I, I, I mean I wouldn't even call an adult by their first name in those days I don't punch him in the stomach anyway he shouted at me punch <laughs> and I half-heartedly punched and he shouted even louder punch and I went bang like that really hard with all, all my might and there was nothing there it was like an airbag I, I thought, and I just stood like dumbfounded me <laughs> this guy this guy's something so anyway he obliged to learn how to build I had, I had no interest in it at all, but I, I was, that was what the other guys, these adult, five adult guys in the class I was in, wanted to do. And to meditate. Again, you know, like, I didn't mean anything to me, but I was young, I took to it well, there wasn't much blocking it. So I was good at healing people, and I, and, and I liked meditating as well. I enjoyed that, even at that age. It felt really lovely to be empty and not be thinking. And I, I really enjoy helping people because, you know, like when you're at a party, when you're 13 or 14, you start these what they call music, and you get all the girls and boys with there. And at some point, the beautiful girl of the group, there always was one, would have some sort of drama and go running into the bedroom with her ladies and waiting, and the door would be shut. And no one would know what happened. And, wow, and they would call me in to, to help. And it was amazing because I'd get to see behind the scenes of when those dramas happened. And, and, and learn all that stuff, which most people never, well, most guys certainly would never get to get to see. And and it was really nice to be able to take people's headaches away, stomach pains away, what have you. But what I was interested in, it wasn't really that. It was how does this all work? This stuff's amazing. How does it work? I was so fascinated by how it worked, and also suffering from teenage hormonal depression, going up, down, up, down, up, the yo-yo. So really wanting to find out how to feel stable and all right and okay in the world and you know all the stuff everyone wants to know i guess and it led me on this journey of discovery which took me through learning yoga and then switching from aikido to uh, the taoist chinese martial kung fu the martial arts and then i met through my yoga teacher rd lang 
You kept going on about Ronnie Lane. I thought you were saying Ronnie Lane from the Small Faces. Ronnie Lane says this, Ronnie Lane says that. And I, thought, I said, I never thought Ronnie Lane in the Small Faces was that wise. <laughs> Is it not really a name? Right? <laughs> you never heard of it. I said, never heard of it. And he was a, a, a very famous in the counterculture uh, psychiatrist. He'd become a psychotherapist. Started up a whole school of psychotherapy. An amazing, amazing man. I blacked a session as, as a prospective patient. So I to say, I, yeah, I read a book, Politics and Experience, one weekend. I thought, I've got to study with this guy. I didn't even get it with psychotherapy. I just, he understood the human condition. I need to learn this wisdom. He's the one, man. I've got to study. So I black a session, and while I'm sitting there, the guy before me comes out, all kind of broken looking. And then I thought, oh, this is awful. I shouldn't be doing this. This is terrible. This guy's really helping people in serious trouble. And I come here and black it off. Oh, I shouldn't have done this. So I go in and I say, I'm sorry, I should be here because there's nothing wrong with me. And he looked at me and went, <laughs> no, I said, no, no, you don't get what I know. You must have heard that before. Anyway, you know, it turned out at the age of 21, there was loads wrong with me, I just didn't know it was there. <laughs> and I had to go through therapy to learn how to do therapy. But always was the agreement, I wanted. To, I didn't want to be a psychotherapist, and I never was. I, but I wanted to use that wisdom and that understanding of people to do healing with them. Because if I could get my hands into someone's stomach and twist that pain out of there and pull it out, then the talking would be so much quicker. And it would get, you know, that was my... And he supported me with that. And then after three years of that, I... Went to live. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't designed. It just happened by ridiculous fluke with the Native Americans in New Mexico, and I stayed there for four years. That was before everyone talks about shamans and all that stuff. It wasn't fashionable yet, and so I was really privileged before that noise was happening to genuinely learn the way of the, the shaman. But I've never ever deemed to call myself a shaman because I think it's daft unless you are from that culture personally. But what it did give me was this way of working the hypnotherapy thing which I learned with Freddie Lang, it's a kind of rhythmic, a rhythmic thing. Because you know, you say, you must listen to me and <laughs> go somewhere in a journey. And there's that, it was that kind of playing with the sound and words that, they, that the, this guy Joe Suasso would do with me. And you, oh, there was this guy on the way to the, the Pueblo, the, the, the old village where they, we lived, that called Tell Us Good Morning. And he used to make tom-tom drums. And the deal was, you walk past his house in the morning and you go, Hey, tell us good morning. And he'd go, good morning. <laughs> Every day, same thing. And it always made me laugh. And anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it really changed my life. Well, it would immensely. Uh, the main thing, really, well, there were many main things. But one was Sunny Spruce, my friend, probably gave me this bracelet when I left. I've never taken it off in 40 years. He said wow. that every time. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's just me. <laughs> Silly stuff. He, he, he says to me, you know, English, the trouble with you, is you don't know how to pray. And I'm thinking, yeah, our Father, who are you? And I said, no, you're right, actually, I don't. What do you mean? And he goes, you need to learn to talk with the Great Spirit. I didn't say that word, but you know what I'm saying. And, and it talked back to you. And, and, and well, how? Um, and I understood this animism. I understood, you know, with Taoism, the sense that the Tao is in everything and everyone, and you've got to kind of somehow be in dialogue with it. But I've not really kind of got there yet. I was quite young still. He told me to walk towards the sacred mountain there, um, along what's called Spider Road. It's very romantic for ten minutes or so, and talk to the mountain. And I go because I was a cocky North London guy. What about? <laughs> no, what about? <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anything. But let it talk back to you. And I felt like a real idiot walking towards the mountain at that point, talking to it. But it suddenly started talking back, and I, I got it. 
I got it, I got it, yeah, I get it, I get it. And the whole thing's alive, it's all consciousness, it's all mind. That, that really major, major shift for me, huge, 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 along with a lot of others. Studied Chinese medicine um, there with a Chinese guy, a Chinese hippie actually, uh, who's the president of the New Mexico acupuncture now, or was anyway, and uh, he uh, taught me, I was apprentice, so he taught me acupuncture in the most amazing way that I wouldn't have learned in school, you know, qualified at that. And then with this mission to somehow combine music, because that's my main thing, always played music, yeah. drumming, everything else, with uh, consciousness enhancement, somehow, uh, that's what I came back to England to do in 1983, and <laughs> I was just saying the rest is history, but it's not really so, I know, and it's just developed from there, uh, into, through many guises, I mean, uh, bands, you know, that uh, played uh, festivals, and uh, all through the 80s, the 90s, house music, uh, drum and bass, uh, I lived in Ibiza for quite a few years, had a, couple, a club night twice a week there, doing it there and all that. And eventually it's resolved in this thing called Amphead. And Amphead is brain entrainment technology that combines all the skills I've learned over, like doing it live on the mic in Ibiza, you, you get your skills because they're not interested, you know, you, you've got to get them. And they're not even English most of them, so you can't rely on the language, it's got to be with the sound and make it sound cool. All of it beats us all about being so cool that you might freeze, you know. And um, and, and it did. And I, I developed this bizarre thing on the mic of, of doing my little rhymes. I was kind of rhyming or an affirmation. And suddenly going into a rant, you know, hey, hey, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You know what I mean? You and you. And say it, me. I'm beautiful. And people start saying, I'm beautiful. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. Because what happens is we start to think we're ugly. And now nobody wants to be ugly. I go into these rants. <laughs> and they just, it was such fun. Anyway, that's what kind of informs what I do now. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short. So, yes, I know because in Ibiza you were giving subliminal messages to the youngsters because um, many of them were on drugs as well so that they could maybe come off the drugs or help them on their way forward. Well, yeah, I was doing quite, I still do work one-to-one -one with people, but, you know, if they really need it, I'll do it. I, I did work with a few people who were hooked on coke heroin and, and what have you, some with some success in fact, yeah, <laughs> not always, it's a hard one, you know, heroin especially, really hard getting people off that, they're really good, you know. So, and how did you get the name The Barefoot Doctor? Uh, it was actually a music journalist from The Observer who I was treating at the time, and when I needed a name for my band, after one record deal had gone bad with Polygram, I needed a new name, and uh, it's this thing called uh, the Barefoot Doctor's Manual, the Chinese government puts it out every four years, for these kind of white-coated medics who are not really doctors, they do acupuncture and other stuff, but their tradition is based on a much older one, which is mostly women, who are like medicine women, who walks around looking really bizarre in bizarre clothes and stuff, and, and they keep everybody well in the rural areas. Um, and they didn't get paid, they got looked after by everybody, so they never went short of anything, they tell stories, Poems, they sing songs and they do acupuncture. They heal people, and they were really uh, loved. You know, really popular, loved folk folk heroes. And anyway, we're talking about it. And I always wear, wear no shoes to work because if you're going to jump on the table and press down on the back, I was sort of not wear shoes. And uh, and he looks at my feet. And he looks at the book. He said, "Man, come on, barefoot on. So it's obvious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah." Yeah, 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 and that was it, I started. It was the name of the band, and then I had a column in a music magazine writing about philosophy, and it was so popular, they wanted me to write as Barefoot Dots, because it's sort of brand, the brand, if you like, 
and it was really popular and that's where I got the idea to write 23 books from. <laughs> yeah, wow, 23, that's incredible. And I know in the past you told me you go and hide in maybe Wales or remote places so you can just focus on your writing. So because I hate, I, I hate writing books, I just like doing homework, so I want to get them done as quick as possible. Right? Every book was written in about two weeks, like total 19 hours a day madness, you know, and then it's done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And do you think your meditation, the Taoism, helps you with that? It helps with everything. I mean, those are extreme sort of conditions, those sorts of ones. And it definitely helps when you're under a lot of stress. But more importantly, it helps me enjoy being alive all the time. And I'm talking about even when I'm going, all the people I love are going through awful uh, uh, situations. It still keep, enables me to feel that deep inner delight in just being the kind of wow feeling wow this mm. is amazing I'm alive you know that even when it's horrible you know, but, but it's still I somehow still enjoy it yeah and can anybody do this style of meditation it is the simplest form I know and it's the one the most practical and it does work for everyone the, the, the tricky part is being able to explain the principles of it to, to everybody because some people get that straight away other people it doesn't quite takes it takes longer to get what once they get what it, what it's about they, they can do it quickly yeah but i've worked with people who are really quite you know really mentally ill people in mental health projects using this thing and it does it works even with people who are completely off their rockers you know yeah and do they return to normal health from using this meditation yeah, if, if it can be applied, you know, talk with them with enough frequency to, for them to actually start making it their own. I mean, I'm thinking of one guy who's uh, a dangerous uh, psychotic, that was his official title. Yeah, I really liked him, and we, we got on really well, and, and I, by pushing him around physically, I got him to feel what it's like when he's in his back and he's powerful, because that's what it's all about, or when he's in his front and being all that, like that. Yeah. And, and he got the difference, and I said, which do you want to be? Little Nathan, or Big Nathan, powerful Nathan. He says, powerful Nathan, and that was it. From then on, he made a hip-hop record. You know, I'm Nathan, I'm cool. I used to get bullied at school, but now I rule, I rule. He did all that kind of, he really did wonders with it. Because as soon as he got it, he got it. He came wow. back to being human again. It was beautiful. I mean, not that he was human, but he thought, you know, full humanity. It was lovely. I know you gave us lots of exercise, like imagine sitting your hips being a bowl and you're feeling your shoulder blades and spine and that was incredible, like everybody would then share their experience. So for the listeners, have you got any success tips like that or? Yeah, so everybody who's listening and you of course, you know you have the story of who you are going on all the time. Oh, it's so difficult. Oh, what's going to happen with that happens? Oh, I'm really looking forward to going here and go. What should I wear for that? Oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, people aren't bothered about what you. But yeah, but it's nice to maybe all that stuff that's constantly going on, and the feelings that come with it. Say, for example, it's you know the bank balance looking really dodgy, and you go, oh, it, oh, it's all going to go wrong, and you get these all these horrible kind of that you create, and then you, you get anxious thinking about it, or you think of something you really like, and you go, oh, that feels really nice. But all the feelings, all the thoughts, all go on in the front of the body, in the front of the brain. They don't go on in the back of the brain or the back of the body, only in the front. So what you learn to do is to sit in the back of you with your mind at the back of your head. Because that way, instead, when these things inevitably are going on, because that's what humans do, instead of being involved in it, instead of 
embodying it, instead of being immersed in that and therefore being all thrown all over the place, which we know about so well, you're not. You're, you're observing it, you're accommodating it. I mean, it's the basic mechanics of what we mindfulness, this is the actual how, how you do it. You sit back and then you can preside over the experience of being human rather than it preside over you, which is what you should do. And it all comes from the martial arts because you learn to punch from the back of you because if you go from the back, you've got your body weight in it, so it's got force to it. If you just punch with your arm, you've got to have a very strong arm print to do it. And so while you sit here watching this, you're aware you have your eyes in the front of your head and normally that's what you're where you are looking through your eyes. Instead, imagine that there's a nice comfortable chair or seat at the back of your brain with its back leaning up against the back wall of the skull. And your mind, like a little Buddha with your face on, gets up out of the noise in the front of your brain and goes and sits down on the seat at the back of your head. Just sits there really comfortably. And you notice that as you sit at the back of your head with your eyes, just like a pair of windows in the front there, there's more depth. You can somehow feel more depth. And while it's happening, if you feel the weight of your body move into the back of you to support that, which is, makes sense because that's where your spine is. It's better to be weighted in the back. Suddenly, all the noise and the tumult of the human experience has stopped. All those thoughts have stopped. And here you are in pure consciousness. Then you open your heart up so that you feel connected at a soul level to everyone and everything around you rather than being cut off and aloof. And in that state, you can then ordain the intention. You know, what is it I want to have in here? Well, for example, I want it to be beautiful for me and everyone I'm sitting with. I want people to come away from this, for example, feeling warmer and, and safer about being alive with hope and more sense of optimism. I want to feel, uh, I want to enjoy the fun of doing this. I want to feel great from it myself, whatever it is, whatever it is. And then I let that intention inform the area around my heart while I sit back behind it all. And then just be receptive and then let whatever happens, happens. And life then unfolds in a more magical way. And when loneliness arises, say, for example, rather than thinking, I must find somebody and get rid of this loneliness, it's like, oh, interesting, loneliness. I breathe, the loneliness passes, and I'm fine again. But like, mm -hmm. rather than loneliness is bad, it's like, oh, this is interesting. It's a little awkward feeling, I quite like it. This is interesting, and it, and it passes, because everything does, as long as you keep breathing. Yeah. Anyway, was, was that all right? Was that oh, it was brilliant. And do you uh, still do your weekly meditations online? Can people... Or can well, no, people... What I've, it's become about once a month. It's a free right. thing. I call it on the online mind, the online miracle mind meeting. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and uh, it's... I can't, the next one is on, on next Tuesday week, the 5th of November. Oh, fantastic. And how, where will people be able to log on and find this meditation? You have to kind of register so that you can get on. And it's if you go to barefootdoctorworld.com, which is like my main HQ, you can, you'll see it there somewhere or other on events. I, you know, I never look. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's on there somewhere. Anyway. And I know <laughs> I've looked at your website recently, so I know you've got everything about Amped and everything else. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean the best thing is to join the newsletter actually, because okay. I do write a nice one, it's not a shit newsletter, it's probably nice and um, it's fun to read and it's informative and that will also tell you what's going on and what you know, that I'm doing with my avail yourself of. That's wonderful, well thank you very very much for today. Um, no, thank you for being such a generous listener, thank you. Pleasure, it's always a pleasure 
it was amazing week or two weeks that you spent here and I know you enlightened so many people and people are still talking about you so I was really excited when I seen your new stuff on the website and I'm sure all the listeners will be able to look at your website and get enthused I'll put all the information in writing as well so people can see it so thank, thank you. you very much thank, thank you. you my love to everyone down on the Riviera then, please. I will of course thank you